back to On the Block with Strick and Nate on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to On the Block final segment. I was just able to hear from John Starks. I have to admit, that was pretty darn cool. Great to hear from him again. Strick, uh, remote today. I believe he'll be back either tomorrow or Thursday, so it'll be good to have him back in studio. 402-464-5685, Starter Hammer text line, Honda of Lincoln hotline. As always, we want to hear from you. You can also check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. I've got a request. If you head over to YouTube, give us a like, give us a subscribe, give us a share, give us all that good stuff. I promise you, you will not be disappointed with our great content there on YouTube. And as we always do to wrap up the show, we're going to bring in DP for a little crossover. What's going on? What's happening? Nothing What's much. Happening? What's we, uh, we, we had a fun show today. It was pretty cool to hear from uh, former Nick John Starks. Got to talk about some Nebraska football, all that good stuff as well. Um, and I'll go ahead and ask you, DP. I know you were at the press conference today. Yes, sir. Um, uh, got to hear from Mickey Joseph. Just kind of some of your takes, takeaways from the press conference heading here into the bye week. Uh, to not go too far into uh, – how it's perceived. Okay. Um, I, I like the fact that Mickey is a straight shooter. Okay. Um, it feels like he's he's his, his legs are steady and he doesn't have you know baby giraffe legs anymore. Um, so he comes in, he delivers the the mail, um, delivers the, the the message, and he does his thing. So right. It felt pretty good to to have him kind of line up and and do his thing. He said simply, "Hey, here's what here's here's what's going on, here's what I can tell you, and here's what I what I can't tell you." Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's open about it. So, um, no coaching changes, which I found a little interesting. Um, no real discussion of personnel changes, although he did. You know, AJ Allen had his surgery. Uh, he, Sounds like he'll be out for the season. He'll be out for the yeah. season, uh, and that Gabe Irvin most likely will step up to be back number RB two. Okay, so um, that was kind of where that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I I was able to listen to part of it too, and it sounds like that there's a confidence that Mickey Joseph has too, and I think that's kind of what what you were talking about too, which is nice to see. And, and the other thing that I like too is like he's not afraid to answer questions, like you said, like shoot him straight, he'll answer your question. You just gotta like you know what I mean. I, I'm because I know because you were in the room. I know, I know, I know. I I like to ask my questions in different spaces. You know, so mm-hmm. on a one-to-one, just, right. hey, here's what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, what about this? What about that? Um, in that space, it was good to see him have a plan for, for, for going forward. Mm-hmm. Like he set the tone in his opening statement. He said, listen, this is not, you know, he had uh, no ven- venom for, for Coach Shenander. That wasn't how he was going to do work. He right. said he's a good man, a good coach, but the numbers didn't add up. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if the numbers don't 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 tell a good story, you know somebody's got to be accountable for it. Right. Um, but him saying that you know I challenged the kids this week to get better. Um, our model this week was Nebraska versus Nebraska. That is a coach who has a plan and it is in play, and that that's different than you know 
coach speak. It's, hey, we're going to compete this week. And he wanted, he wanted to say, we're not worried about Indiana, uh, but to get ready and get better as an individual team and get the fundamentals cleaned up and get better in all three phases of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a plan for the special teams. He's got a you know, plan for uh, safety. Uh, Bill Bush will take care of both of those. Uh, he'll take care of the safety position as long as the defensive coordinator, and then Joey Connors uh, will take over on special teams. And they have other the, all the other coaches, Apple White uh, included, that will in, inject themselves into the special teams. So deciding who the returners are going to be, what right. type of blocking is in play, um, how to cut off returns. Uh, I don't think they were happy with the 15 yards of return on punts. So uh, there will be an active plan for that. So. Uh, he doesn't seem to 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 want to you know he he doesn't want to play the word game. Here's what we're doing. Here's how we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. If you like it, cool. Right. Cool. Which, which I can appreciate, and it's that's honestly all you could really ask is something like this. And this is why I always enjoy having you on DP. And I'm going to ask you. And I've asked you this a couple times. Take off your radio hat okay. and then okay. put on your coach hat and tell me. I, I'm curious, and I know you and Jay will probably get into this as well. What happens during a bye week? Like, what what is going to happen during a bye week that wouldn't happen then in a normal game week? So, the first part of that answer is based on what precedes the bye week, right? If you're on a roll and you've got a streak going, and everybody's healthy, mm-hmm. and the schemes seem to work, right. and all of the personnel groups seem to, to match and you're getting pr- production and you're efficient and you're effective, then the bye week is a continuation. Okay. It is a continuation. As uh, what, what, what Crash Davis say, don't mess with the streak. So th- that's one way. The other way is if the other thing has happened, then you need to stop, crash, boom, and then reassess, reevaluate, redirect, uh, reevaluate. And that's that appears to be what's happening in the truest sense that nobody is being given anything this week. Now there's, there are no losses to take, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but there are lessons to learn and then lessons to get smarter about Um, looking at different combinations of players uh, going one-on-one so that you can find out quite frankly, who is, is performing at the highest level on an individual basis. Like it's easy to lose track of folks in a scheme because the scheme is moving parts based on other moving parts. But individual work is I can focus on if I'm, if I'm the offensive line coach, I can focus on your first step. Where's your head flat back punching? How explosive are you? Are you doing everything right and still not being effective or does it look good? And then it's just, it's not working. Right. You're able to, to get, to the core of one-on-one. That's when he said, look, the teamwork thing is one thing, but we need to evaluate, reassess, and see everybody as individuals because maybe we're giving somebody too much credit, uh, more credit than they deserve. Um, So I would imagine the offensive line work, can you move a one with a one? So can I line up Hickson versus, versus Robinson and get some idea about why we're either having success or not having success. Okay, now I'm going to put Robinson against Ben Hart, and I need to see it in this space, or I need to put Ben Hart against Tanner and let them compete rather than assigning them. 
which is really just being in a short vault and seeing whether you have a way of keeping this 260-pound man where you need for him to be, right? So to see those things. Then going into the classroom to find out, is there an understanding of a scheme? Is it too complicated? Is it not complicated enough? Uh, Are we best serving that player for the skill, that spot that we're going to play him? Maybe Ben Hart's a guard and not a tackle. Uh, what do you do? Can you do that? Will his hands work better in short space? Uh, if reach is the problem, then putting him internal is a better deal, but it, you're also then concerned he's good at the first contact, but can I trust him to get the next level where another reach is required? Mm-hmm. So all of that stuff, uh, understanding, looking at uh, the 10 receptions by Trey Palmer, what were we calling that was that efficient and effective or did we call that for Marcus Washington as well? Mm-hmm. Right? Did we adjust to that? Are, are, are we getting uh, are we getting our running backs in the space where they're the most comfortable with the kind of help that they need? So if you look at Anthony Grant run versus Jacquez Yant, there are different needs required for the way they put their foot in the ground and when they put their foot in the ground. It looks a certain way, but how it plays out is another. So you can reevaluate, reassess. Uh, you can redirect if you want as well. Uh, but one-on-one seems to be the thing where you can identify what, whether the your ones are actual ones or not. And then you can work on chemistry as well. Uh, are we pairing the right people together? Are we playing the right people together? All those are things that, that, that can be asked and answered. Right. Uh, the Husker Hall of Famer, Jay Foreman, joining us, too. I'll ask both you guys this question, then. Do we expect, then, after the bye week, with all this being said, that there are going to be some changes on the offensive and defensive side? Because uh, the bye week, it sounds like, is when you start finding out more about these guys. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think it's if guys are going to have to play. I mean, they're going to have to prove themselves, and so there is no off week for them. I mean, when you get <clears> – <throat> annihilated like that on national TV. There is there is no days off. So um, everybody's position is open. I think Mickey kind of alluded to it. Right. Again, I can't speak for him. I could just kind of go off what he was saying is, hey, hey some young guys m- got in the game, must have did okay. You know, obviously circumstances are different than when you start the game, but still they went in there and played, and they obviously probably had seen some things from the, you know, whoever these players are in practice. Therefore – um, they actually they did some things that for to get on the coach's mind, mm-hmm. and then there's guys that did some things <laughs> to stay on the coach's mind. If you and what I'm saying, and uh, if you get what I'm saying, so I will tell you this: uh, I could speak I could speak wholeheartedly about defense because uh, that's what I played. That run that Dylan Gabriel had. First of all, I'll keep saying it. If I had two weeks, I can I will guarantee I'd beat him in a forty. Guarantee. Three weeks, I know I'm walking to the dog on him. You know what that means? Mm-hmm. Do you? Is that do you know what it means? No. DP does because he already said uh, do you? <laughs> no. Yeah, that means that when I'm crossing the finish line, I'm looking back. I'm doing the Usain Bolt. I guess I'm looking <laughs> back at him. Um, but that that run right there, uh there's there's more to that run to me. Considering the 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 time of the game, number one, I think it was the second series. Mm-hmm. 
because we just went three or four. We went three and out maybe, or we got him off the field pretty quick. Scored, and that had to be the second or third play of the series. It was a sixty-yard run. Um, I'm sure the coaches went over at nauseum. I mean, you, from the from the lows, lack of physicality, horrible angles, the I don't even know what you call the one hand thing. I mean, we used to play freeze tag at lunch at a recess. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It looked like a bootleg version of freeze tag, and then and then you know. At first, I was like, oh, well, I could understand where he kind of slowed down and kind of can he pick at you where he kind of face slide and, and, you know, and then he kept going. But then as you watch it, a couple of dudes were just okay, just chilling. I mean, well, they right, spun. Was, they spun around. Right, like, this ain't a game, man. I mean, so, um, you know, every, you know, the big news after the game was you know, obviously Eric Shenander getting let go. Um but this is but the but I know here's what I can say about Eric. Eric's a good dude for real, solid dude. <clears throat> um, I know for a fact from talking to him and looking in his eyes that he truly wanted to be here and do well. Mm. Um, can't say that for everybody, but I can say that for Eric. Um, and I know he wanted to work, and I uh, and I think you know his scheme or you know the his plate, whatever you want to call it, scheme play calling, whatever you want to call it. Um, had worked to the point and improved. But that that I saw on that play right there, okay, that's a letdown for a coach that everybody on that team will tell you when they get in front of a microphone that they love him and they care. Because he, Eric, he cares about them dudes, right? I mean, he'll keep it real and kind of, you know, but he's a – I mean, he cares about them dudes. And they know that. And even the way he conducted himself last year and, and, and you know, kept the guys going, you know, X, Y, and Z. It never was finger pointing. He just said, hey, we got to figure it out. We got to play better, X, Y, and Z. So for them guys to get up there and say, I care about Eric Shenander, see, those are hollow words to me, man. And if I'm a coach, I'm just going to tell you, I don't want to hear any more talking. I want no more social media because that's how you got your butt whooped <laughs> because other teams have been watching you. And then, then if I get down there, I'm going to talk directly to a few of those captains as well. You get what I'm saying? Because as a captain, that play wasn't good enough. Now, I know there's other plays you can kind of get it together. You know what I'm saying? So so here's what I'm saying. You've practiced against somebody three or four times more dangerous as far as running the ball or pulling it and, and, and going in practice for years. Okay? So what you're doing right now now it's not only the coaches. See, if I'm in that locker room, I'm going to call you to the table, and you got to get my respect now. Yeah. Well, hold that thought for a second, Jimmy. Yeah, it's station ID. This is Lincoln's home for sports talk on the FM dial. Also online at theticketfm.com. On the internet. KNTK FM first. 93.7 The Ticket. What is, then I guess, take me into the locker room. What's the message then to the players after a game like that? Like what? What are? Well, what are I mean, you I'm saying? sure. I'm sure. I mean, first of all, I mean, you don't have to. It goes without saying. It's not good enough, but it needs to be said. Um, I mean, you could say the all the stuff that's on the surface. It's embarrassing. I'm angry. I'm upset. Um, you should be embarrassed and all that. And it's not good enough. But then you know, I'm, just like Mickey said, he, he, 
He's like, hey, we're going to get back to work because there's some things that where we got beat at that had nothing to do with Oklahoma. This is us, right? Footwork, fundamentals, pad level. That, that's what they – so, again, you deal with what you – the issues, and then you have a plan or have, you know, actions that you're going to do to correct those. You got to get back to work. You can't worry about any – you know, I said this last week. You can't worry about any exotic defenses. We got to line up and play basic. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We Until we can ask you to cover the middle of the field, I have to trust you to come out of the alley and make a tackle. Because I'm going to tell you what, Dylan Gabriel come running up in there and there's Mike Minner, Eric Warfield, Mike Brown, Tony Velen, I he would be done. Out. Cold. That's disrespect. You get what I'm saying? I mean, he would have been blown off and all up next to the band. Or let alone his ACL or ankle joints would have been laying over there at the 30 or 40 yard line before he even got to his fifth gear. He would have never done that. You got to start making people pay the price. And playing with an edge, you have to you have to play football with an edge. That's not this ain't about targeting. This is about you playing football with an edge. You got to coach them and tell them you need to play with an edge. Because if you can play because if if I can respect you and count on you, then we'll we'll be able to pull out a game that we don't need to. But right now, you look, everybody looking around and seeing who's going to step up. And the only thing they're doing is a lot of talking or have been a lot of talking. You know, yeah, you could be – and I get it. I, look, man, I understand it. I mean, the worst thing that happened when I was in college <laughs> was Kevin Steele got a job at the Carolina Panthers, and he had already had a previous relationship with Dom Capers, and he was a linebacker coach, and then Craig Bowl came in. And Craig Bowl had coached here many moons before. You know what I mean? So – so, you know, we didn't have a coach that got fired. The only other thing is Coach Osborne retired. I didn't know him. You know, I was just focused on trying to beat Tennessee and win another national championship. Maybe we didn't have social media to have the rumblings. So I get it where the players are going through a lot of transition. But also, where's the, where's the accountability? Like, you can't walk around in this world, which is the real world, in the business world, and be like, hey, I don't know why our coach isn't here. We've been playing great. Right? So if you want to be, you know, Bruce Smith, I remember, and, and I only can equate this to losing two games in a row in the NFL when you have a playoff caliber team. We went to the playoffs the first year, went down there against Miami, and got succumb- we succumbed to the heat. Don't tell Jake. You know, some guys went out and party too late and, and, and we had getting IVs. We won't say any names, but <laughs> it would get that heat jumped on us and we, and we beat us and they beat us, right? So the next year we're supposed to be, you know, number one defense playoffs and we lost two games in a row. That's the only thing equivalent to it, right? And Bruce would say stuff before the game and, you know, sometimes at practice, but he never really got up and, a, and took over a team meeting, right? And Bruce, Bruce and Thurman, they're two Hall of Fame players, Kicked all the coaches out. Wasn't orchestrated. Just, hey, hit the bricks. And he said, it's real simple. Do you want to be part of the problem? Or are you or, or are you part of the solution? Period. Nothing in between. So he drew a line right there. And he's like, we're going to find out today. So that was in like an hour and 15 minutes when we were about to go to practice. He's like, we're going to find out today. And he's like, I'm talking to veterans as well. He's like myself included. And then he said, I have to do more. 
Then he, you know, probably went out there and had two sacks to do his thing. But I mean, Bruce could snap his finger and sack the quarterback. But the point is, you got eight games left, right? You got a tremendous opportunity here. You got to stop focusing on the negative. Without, you don't have to like. You can. You don't need to keep reminding yourself about. Scott Frost and Eric Shenander getting fired. They're grown men. They're going to be fine. They're both will be capable coaches. They'll get jobs in due time. But what they want you to do, at least, you know what I'm saying? At least I've, you know, from, from Shenander, he wants you to go play to your potential. That's what he wants to do, wants you to do. So go do it. And, um, you know, hopefully the changes that they made is going to lead them in that right direction. But, you know, doesn't Jay Foreman? I could go down there and be linebackers coach, D, or D coordinator, and I could devise the best defense out there. But if you ain't giving me an effort and you can't line up right, then it doesn't matter who's the defensive coordinator. Who's the best defensive coordinator in the NFL right now? Like Dennis Allen and all them. He could come in here and do it. But if you're not lining up right and you're not playing hard and you're okay with doing the like the like, it looked like you were doing the um what the dance was when you when you you get the girl and flip throw around in 360s or whatever you know what i mean when you dance and then you go swing like, dance yeah when you're doing it let somebody push you like that in the oklahoma game out of bounds hey man in the second series of the game i showed Vashon that we Vashon and i were sitting side by side during that and it's the it's the short short score no, dude, it's uh, the, to, it's to, the to, long run. Well, the long run is is it's a own debacle. Like, it, well, yeah, just but, like, but at the very end, he did you the dosi do or whatever it is. I ain't no country land down. Mm. He did he did the whole thing like that, and there just, was, just th- twirled you around, man, like you a reverse spinner, twirled you around, and you was okay with it. There was a there was a play. It might have been twenty one seven, touchdown left side of the of the, of the field. And when Oklahoma scored, their offensive tackle took a Nebraska defensive back and did the Michael Orr blindside, hey, I'm going to take you to the bus block. And it was so bad that the official stepped in and was like, okay, enough. Like, you beat this dude up enough. It's enough. Yeah, And there was no resistance. There was no resistance and there was no bounce back. At the end of the day, they have to decide. Enough is enough. That they have to decide enough is enough. Because at some point in time, when you're backed into a corner, and there ain't no corner more sharper and more at this ninety degrees that you're backed into right now, and people questioning you, questioning you whether you're a good athlete or not. People are always like, Oh, we don't we don't have the athletes. Well, how can you be athletic and you don't even know what you're doing? I've seen tape of myself, so I'm not sitting up here getting behind the mic and acting like I'm Dick Buckus or something like that. I had my deficiencies as a player. I worked my tail off to to protect those, so I didn't look like I did them dudes look like on Saturday. <laughs> but let me tell you something, Dallas Clark. I keep talking about Dallas Clark. Okay, I was wide open, <laughs> and Dallas Clark was still in third gear, and I wasn't getting there. Okay, but at the end of the day, if you don't know what, if you don't know what you're doing, and, and I've been there when you kind of like I've been there as a young player. Where you're running, but you're running and thinking, and you look slower. You get what I'm saying? Because they're so. Yeah, sure. Well, we like. You you know Alabama's talent or Ohio State. Sure, great. But Ohio State just had a new defensive coordinator. Majority of the same players. 
Their defense looks a lot different, right? Willing to be insane. A lot more physical, faster, more connected. I mean, you can't tell me that Georgia Southern and Northwestern has more talent than Nebraska. There's just no way. Well, Georgia Southern is still – we'd be still scoring right now. So, <laughs> as far as Northwestern, I just think they just kept playing what they were playing mm-hmm. and adjusted, and they made some plays, and then we – I mean, that's a different type of game. I don't. I mean, this ain't about anybody else, though. It doesn't even matter who, who Northwestern loses to the rest of the year or who Georgia Southern loses to the rest of the year or who North Dakota beats or who Oklahoma beats or loses to the rest of the year. It's about what they these yep. guys decide to do. Yep. And once they decide, if they ever decide to say, hey, we want to be better than what we've been showing and really take some pride in and really start working, then things will change. Because those things, are either, whether it's the play that DP is talking about or the, the long play there or numerous plays through And this isn't just an Oklahoma game. All right, you get what I'm saying? It just magnified right now because it was a prime time game. So once they, dis- once they decide to do it uh, – Things will change, and they'll change drastically. It's interesting, too, because, I mean, for what it's worth, Nebraska's only 0-1 in the Big Ten. Like, you, th- there's still time to turn the season around. They just to need to point, worry Jay. about tomorrow. I know. There, there's there's time to turn the season around. The bye they week got eight games. Time. I know. They got, they, I mean, it, 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 you it, have every opportunity still. Right. Every and, opportunity. And you got the same talent. Now you just got to get the guys that are supposed to be your leaders and your captains to start acting like it, performing like it, and being like that every single day. And, and, and there is no vacation if you have the weekend off. No. There's still time. Nebraska can still turn around. These guys will break it down better than I can, that's for sure. Old school up next. That'll do it for On the Block. We appreciate Strick hopping in here. He'll be back later on this week. Like I just said, old school next. Stay with us. 93.7 The Ticket. Ticketfm.com. Ticket.com.